Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are the opinions of the participants only and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you every Thursday night on Facebook or on YouTube. So hello and good evening to all of you out there. And uh, if you can't join us live, love seeing you, on, seeing you on your favorite podcast app and catching the chat replay as well. So, you know, let's see. You know me. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. And we have a full house tonight. Let's go over to Jason Richards for his introduction. Hi. Hi. It's no idea you were going to come to me next, Hi. except that you said you were coming to me for my introduction yes right hi hello this is jason some people call me brother richards i'm a past master of stuff and things and member of a couple lodges in a couple different jurisdictions Woo! all right good seeing you brother joe how are you better to be seen than viewed that's so cool um hey everybody brother joe uh i am at the airport parking lot of Washington National Airport uh, in D.C. because um, I didn't want to miss the show. So, uh, yeah, Brother Joe, uh, member of Stuff and Things also. I do a bit of traveling. Um, super jazzed to be here. Woo! Great to see you. Awesome. Next up, move. Robert Johnson. How's it going, Robert? Oh, things are going just great. Past Master Waukegan Lodge number 78, current sitting secretary at uh, Space Novum 1183, the premier education lodge in the state of Illinois, and uh, happy to be here. Also the host of the Wentz Gaming Masonic Podcast every Sunday night, 9.30. Excellent. And you've seen him before, you've seen him before that, and now you're going to sing again. That's Brother Nicholas Lane from Canada, eh? Oh, Unmute yourself, buddy. There we go. See, there we, there go. we go. Technology. I know. It's great. You think I know how to do this or something? <clears throat> Worship Brother Nicholas Lane, past master of Burlington Lodge number 165 of the Grand Lodge of Canada, the province of Ontario, and past master of Castle Island Virtual Lodge 190 out of the Grand Lodge of Manitoba, and master elect of Endeavor Virtual Lodge 944 out of. Uh, yeah, Grand Lodge of Victoria. That's Ooh. me and a couple other stuff too. Nice. Much other stuff like everybody when, else. When's the installation? My installation is on July the 29th at oh. 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Ooh. Time. A.M. Nice. A.M. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say A.M. or P.M. A.M. A.M. 7 Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's true. All right. A.M. Well, yeah. good luck and congrats in advance. Thanks, sir. Awesome. Hey, before yeah, we get we'll in... Watch, we'll watch the recap. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Record it for us. We appreciate it. We will. Awesome. All right. Well, before we get into tonight's episode, I do want to give a special shout out to all the patrons who've support, supported the show over the many years. You guys are awesome. You guys rock. And we love seeing you in the chat. Uh, really good chat this week about... Um, you know, biblical exegesis, how to uh, read sacred texts. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, Joe, you missed that while you were traveling. So good times to be had by all over there in the uh, Facebook chat. You want to be part of that? Head on over to patreon.com slash 
the Masonic Roundtable, and we'd love to see you there. We can nerd out on stuff and things. Awesome. Well, this week, being uh, the a couple days after the 4th of July here in the United States and Canada Day uh, recently as well, uh, we wanted to do another patriotic spin. We've done a couple of different episodes in the past, but keeping with the holiday season, we wanted to mix things up again and talk about specifically the pledge, the toasts, all of those to the, the nation states that we are in when we are practicing Freemasonry. So tonight we'll talk about uh, different customs, usages, and how do we operate within um, each of the, the nation states that we're in when we are Freemasons, because this is a universal fraternity, uh, how to follow, um, kind of follow the, the rules when, when you travel abroad, and basically, you know, what are the, the appropriate places for such uh, patriotic rituals in Freemasonry. Okay, so we'll, we'll kick things right off, and let's talk about, uh, at least here in the States, let's talk about the Pledge of Allegiance. So Jason, how is a Pledge of Allegiance done in Virginia? So in Virginia, it is not officially part of the ritual. However, it is prescribed. Yeah. However, it is performed after immediately after the opening of a lodge. And there is a prescribed ritual for the ceremony. Um, essentially, there is uh, think of a, a color guard or an honor guard um, that presents the flag at the altar. Um, the brethren are standing. Uh, they pledge allegiance to the flag, and then the flag is um, posted to the east, just to the right of the worshipful master for the remainder of the meeting. Thank you for that. Um, so yes, we, we are a fraternal institution in the United States, and as like most so civil service organizations or you know um, uh, civics-based organization, we have the uh, Joe. I see you. We have these various types of uh, introduction to the pledge in the beginning. So Joe, it's not always been that way though, as far as the, the way we do it in Virginia. Um, were you around when they actually changed the, uh, the presentation of the uh, flag? Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was here for a couple of years before. Um, and then when it, uh, it came up at Grand Lodge that uh, there was a prescribed, I don't know why we're putting air quotes on it. Cause there is a prescribed, ritual for it so it, it, i would say it is part of ritual right hmm. um but that's me the so uh, yeah the the <coughs> politics behind it was that uh, the reason why it was allowed by certain committees uh was because it you know did not actually in inject anything into the actual Masonic ritual. It was just you know, an appendation. So it's not really changing the ritual. What's the, wink, what the wink, deuce nudge, is an no more. It's, it's what is an appendation? Not approved fan fiction? Is that where we're going with this? Like, Because it's not part of the Masonic ritual. We're, we're not going to tamper with Masonic ritual. That would be an innovation. But we did change the... Uh, the way we uh, we handle the the colors and and do it in a little bit more formal manner than the way it was done before. There is probably in some forgotten hole on Reddit 
Masonic fan fiction. Probably TMR fan fiction. Yes. Mm. No. No. All right. How about um, how about in Illinois, Robert? Same, different. Uh, so it's different. It's not as um, overtly patriotic, I would say. I think as, as some other jurisdictions. It's surprising, um, with like the exception of maybe like New York or something. Um, I have noticed that. the patriotism kind of drops off in more of the union states. And as you travel more South, it's stronger. Um, Like the first time I ever went to a meeting and saw the presentation of the colors, you know, was in some of the Southern states. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's interesting and kind of weird. Uh, And I don't mean that like, like it's a bad thing. Not disrespectful. Yeah, I just think that uh, with the separation of like government, church, state, all those kind of separations that we have, it it was kind of interesting to me to see like the presentation of the colors within a tiled meeting. Um, like here in Illinois, we uh, we open, and then the master asks everybody to join in the pledge. Um, and they do. Uh, we, there is the unwritten rule that, of course, if you're a foreign um, like dignitary or whatever else you uh, typically will stand, but not pledge. Uh, So we see that from time to time here as well. Uh, But there's no uh, presentation of the colors uh, largely outside of anything special. So uh, there's no, there's no ritual or tiled ritual that calls for a presentation of colors or the flag. Um, But we do see it at grand lodge sessions. We do see it at some uh, corner stone laying ceremonies. And re- rededications to buildings and such. But uh, largely, um, it was a practice that I was made aware of through traveling in, in other jurisdictions. Sweet. Uh, what about D.C., Joe? Because I know um, you're a member in D.C. as well. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm glad you asked because I actually went to a lodge that um, – uh, well, I'll tell you what D.C. does. So in, in the few – lodges that I've visited in DC. Um, it's not prescribed. It's done after the opening. So, you know, the gavel goes down, everybody sits down and then you do the pledge of allegiance. Um, so in my DC lodge, um, premier esoteric lodge in the district, Benjamin B. French, um, what we do is after the opening, the opening's complete. And then, uh, the master will ask, um, usually a past master or, you know, a guest or somebody that's there to lead us all in the Pledge of Allegiance, which is neat. Then um, a few months ago, I took a bunch of brothers from my lodge in Virginia to La France Lodge. Um, that is a, uh, a lodge in D.C. that uh, uses different ritual. You know, and there they're considered a Scottish craft uh, ritual lodge. And they did the Pledge of Allegiance. And then they also did a pledge to France and sang the French national anthem. Um, so we Ooh. did both, which was kind of neat. I hadn't seen that mm-hmm. before uh, here in the States. So, uh, yeah, a little bit different. Now, I wonder what they do in Arminius. Arminius Lodge. Yeah. Arminius we'll Lodge is the, Ger- is the German affinity lodge within uh, Washington, D.C. Well, I hope I would assume something. Let's, let's go. But let's road trip. Time to go. Let's now, go. Now, one thing I find interesting 
uh, I love the way things are worded in Virginia where um, the the official wording you're supposed to use as master is to say that um, all citizens of the United States will join me in pledging allegiance to the flag of our country, right? So it gives the non-citizens of the United States the out, right, to uh, looking looking down there, right, to uh, there, Brother Nicholas. Way. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it gives the option, right? So it doesn't make it uncomfortable. But that's we'll, – we'll probably talk a little bit more about that tonight. And so let's, let's segue over that to not a citizen of the United States, uh, Brother – Brother Nicholas, um, what do what is what's tradition or what's custom in a Canadian lodge as far as in a Canadian lodge, right? For yeah. uh, the pledge, the songs, or whatever. So we don't do any of that. So um, well, there you go. Traditionally, we'll just we'll just open, and um, <clears throat> I live close to the Canada-U.S. border in Burlington here. So traditionally, we will have both the Canadian flag and the American flag. Um, consistently shown and, and flown in lodge, but uh, none of the patriotic components you're talking about are done in lodge. It's, it's saved for the festive board with the exception of the singing of O Canada at the end of the meeting. So the meeting will close. We will, um, Aha. you know, go through the closing process. And then at the end, once the volume of the sacred law is closed, the master will then say, and brethren, you will now turn and sing O Canada as a, uh, a state that still, uh, or a country that still recognizes the crown, we all sing O Canada um, to uh, that of the queen who sits as our monarch and is displayed openly in, in the lodge room. So we will sing either to the queen, and the queen is generally in the same corner as the Canadian flag. So you have the Canadian flag, and then the queen won't be that far away. So we'll sing O Canada, and then uh, then we'll leave, and then... We can talk about the. Wait, is that a woman in lodge? <laughs> yeah, an old lady in lodge. Yeah. Yes, even better. Yes. yes. She's younger in this order because our I think our photos from the fifties, so she's she's nice. pretty spry in that picture. Yeah. yeah. Mm, nice. So, so, uh, so, so do, you get, do, do you get an recognize for people who are not citizens? I mean, because Canada is not my home and native land. So we don't say anything. Um, if you are there and you're an American, we will sing um, the American national anthem as well. So if, if an American is in lodge with us, we will start off with the singing of the visiting um, anthem, which is always interesting because, you know, we're all expecting the puck to drop or at the sound of a clacking baseball for us because that's the only time that we generally sing um, maybe a football game. But, curling, uh, curling at the Olympics is fine too. Curling at the Olympics is fine too. So yeah, so we will start off obviously uh, with the the singing of our national anthems, and if there is a dignitary or someone from the United States or a brother or visiting lodge, we'll start with the United States anthem, then go move into the Canadian one. So it's generally not uh, a big thing, and the same goes in Manitoba as well. So both Ontario and Manitoba, both lodges I belong to, there's there's no significant difference there. Yeah. So there you go. So it's. I, do, I must say, when I've been in an American lodge and you ask me to do the, the pledge of allegiance, I'm like, this is interesting. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> well, say more. Here? Say, say more about that. What, what was that experience like? Because I, I want to pull that thread, right? So what was so going through your I mind? I found it difficult because as a Canadian, I, I don't really know what the pledge of allegiance is. I mean, I've heard it a couple times, but it it has a very 
there's a mystique to it that I don't necessarily understand that when I visited probably uh, in the early 2000s uh, into California lodges when I was going to Silicon Valley, I, I'd go there and I'd like, this is a little different. It felt a little bit odd too, because you didn't really know what to say or do. Well, there you so, go. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, that should be the, again, if, if known that you are a traveling brother, that it should be a little bit more care and attention to overemphasize, right. That all citizens, of the United States, you know, should pledge allegiance to the flag. Yeah, otherwise. I think they get surprised when there's someone in there, right? Oh, there's like, oh, there's a Canadian here. What are we going to do? They, they just kind of, and I think it's because it's so known to all of you, you'll just kind of do it and yeah. I'll look there going, what do I do with my hands? What do I do? What yes. am I doing here? What does this mean? And why are we doing this? All right. It's always a little interesting. It's like the, the why, meme of the black cat this? on the dash and it just says confused screaming. Yeah. And and I don't and I'm I was always kind of the the question to the back of my mind is what has this got to do with us in lodge? Because as you said earlier, there's there is no connection between church and state. So we, even in our lodge, we're singing our national anthem or another national anthem. But that whole part there, it's kind of like. So I know Joe is making funny faces at me, but I kind of went. I don't get it. Why is this bingo? Here? So here we go. Now for the fun part. I knew you were like leading the witness. Okay. Unpopular opinion I've, time. I've done my job. And I'm I'm reading yeah. the room here. Um, that I'll, I'll go out and say it, and I'll I'll, I'll start the, the stirring of the pot, and I'll let everyone else uh, adjust accordingly. I, I don't. I do not believe that with the universality of Freemasonry, that the pledge to a specific nation should be uh, either part of the ritual or even like a tradition of the ritual or a tradition of that, that jurisdiction for the following reasons, right? Uh, the least of which being that we are a universal fraternity first and foremost, and we do have traveling brothers from other jurisdictions. Uh, that, again, this isn't just a, a rare occurrence. This happens quite a bit, especially for border lodges as uh, brother Nicholas said. Um, also, you know, again, it's the morals and precepts that were taught in Freemasonry are universal. They do not, you know, are outside the boundaries of any laws and jurisdictions of any specific na nation state or, or grand jurisdiction. Does and that mean the landmarks are universal? You know, don't go there. You Let know him the finish his Yes. <laughs> no, no. And, and that's pretty much it. Stop mixing the parts so much. No. <laughs> Yes, I'm, st I'm still stirring. And I, um, and we'll, we'll, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you, Jason, then, because um, I ahead. had I had sort of a train of thought. But do you agree or disagree, and why? I agree uh, for much the same reason, but my nuance is when you enter into the lodge room, that to me is the sacred space where the universality of Freemason really, oh, the universality, excuse me, of Freemasonry begins. Mm -hmm. And so to me, saying a pledge to the flag downstairs at dinner mm. or before you enter into the lodge room, I think is something that's perfectly acceptable um, as an homage to, 
you know, our the nation that gives us the freedom to meet as as Freemasons. Um, but when you cross that precipice into the lodge room, you are entering a sacred space that excludes sectarian religion, politics, and nationalities or borders. And to me, making a piece of the ritual involve the, uh, you know, a, a specific nationalistic or, or patriotic ideal to one specific country um, is akin to, you know, praying in Jesus' name as part of the, the Blue Lodge ritual. It, it Overemphasizing just, it, it, it is, a specific flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it diminishes the sacred space of the universality of, of Freemasonry, if that makes sense. Yes, as to Sunkard's point, it's almost like the Lodge Room is its own pocket universe. Yeah. Little bubble stuck to a bigger universe. Jim? And once you enter that bubble... Screw you, John. Well, I was waiting to hear about the bubble. This the bubble? Does the bubble, bubble pop? That we're talking about. What's the deuce? Um, no, so... Um... So yeah, so I, I'm rather I'm rather torn on this. For me, I, I think that should it be part of ritual? No, I, I don't think it has any place as a a, a piece of ritual. Um, however, it's written and however it's presented to the members, I don't think it should be part of ritual. Now, speaking as someone who's worn the flag, um, you know, I definitely you know every time the pledge of allegiance is said, you know, it does hold a special place in my heart and. I do think it is important. Now, we live in a very interesting country where our country was founded on, whether good, bad, or indifferent, founded on Masonic principles. Um, you know, uh, some, some brothers that we absolutely love, you know, like to call this nation the great experiment, you know, and it was founded by Freemasons. Um, so I totally can, can dig that. But for me, where I think it, it, it becomes a problem for me is that I don't know how many brothers distinguish patriotism versus nationalism when it comes to pledging allegiance to the flag, right? And it all gets to, you know, and we can we can talk about this should have been one of the four-hour shows that we were going to do because we could go <laughs> sure, on about this for a long time. But I, I think that... Let's see, patriotism, lot, nationalism, nativism... Uh, Next, you're going to be blowing yeah, up the Georgia and, and, Guidestones and it just... Cats and dogs are going to live together. Yeah. Oh my God. Eugenics, baby. Eugenics, you know, um, but (laughs) no, but I I think that again, I think this derailed quickly. It it did. It did. So shush. Um, squirrel. I think the purpose of the pledge, I know he's squirreling is important. And like I said, it it definitely holds, uh, you know, I, I hold it in high regard. Um, and, and I feel privileged to do so. Should it be part of our written ritual books for, jurisdictions that have them no um you know i think that should come from uh, an organic place but again i think geographically i think we have some issues where it comes to you can go to five different lodges all across the country and the tenor and tone of the people that recite the pledge of allegiance can take on very different meanings right and i think that's a problem because i don't know if the people who are reciting the pledge of allegiance actually understand the words that it contains when they're saying it in a lodge room true uh, and yeah. Brother Nicholas, 
since you you led us down that path. More confused now than I was. How about yeah? It? How about that? Those road apples. Um. So. So I'm gonna say to you. So, first thing, uh, Joe, I I respect the fact that that you've worn the flag and, and it means a lot to you. But as a visiting person who sits there and, and listens to the words, I get confused why it's there. I go back to the, and you talked about nationalism and patriotism. I think that in a sacred space, we want to be proud of our nation um, and, and, and be careful and, and respect our patriotism. I think as a Canadian, we do that a little bit more. Um Carefully, okay. for lack no, of a better since, word, I, I don't know, right? Since since you so, since you lobbed so that it's just different, like we 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 we've, our that, countries um, are are founded on similar precepts, founded by when you think about it. Uh, I'm doing a paper on the history of masonry and the history of, of Canada, and you, you look at all of our our founding prime minister was was a Freemason. You know, uh, our first prime minister. If you look at uh, when we do the uh, confederation will become a confederated country as a dominion of Canada. Once we do the BNA Act, the British North America Act, uh, out of the 32 people, 16 are Masons. Right? So so we have a lot of similarities, except there's that little thing that you, you just talked about between nationalism and patriotism. And, and I think that's really one of the nuances as a difference of a Canadian to an American. I think we're all very much uh, uh, nationalists, and we, you know, we or we want to respect our nation. I would, and nation I would, well, let's come together. I, I, well, let's be clear. Let's let's just let, for definition's sake, right? The 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 term of nationalism, as as kind of we're going to define it here, is basically identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially yes. to the exclusion or detriment of the interest of another nation. So it's like right. and saying that's, and that's America first, end. right? And that's right. There's, there's something to be proud that proud of your country is patriotism, uh, but going so far as to say not only America first, but America only, right? Or something like that. That gets into yeah. the nationalism part, where there is definitely the line there, when especially for a universal fraternity, Joe. And then we'll go to yeah. Robert. Yeah. No. Yeah, can absolutely. I just finish so, off there yeah, and then I'll go back to oh, Joe? Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, before you go, so my point of view is more we're proud to be Canadians, right? As an, as an, uh, as an entity. And mm-hmm. as you just gave the definition, I don't think any of us would say, you know, Canada first or we're better than anyone else, right? That's what makes us who we are. And would be my only caveat to that when I say I believe we're all in that side of the house. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully that helps. Over to you, Joe. Oh, why thank you. Um, so yeah, and, and I'm glad John uh, brought that up where, you know, because we, we were th- we were throwing around the terms uh, patriotism and nationalism kind of interchangeably. And for a very long time, they were. But then you get to the 20th century and the term nationalism really started to take a different meaning when we get to places like early 1930s Germany and things right. like that. So, you know, yeah. that's where yeah. nationalism became you know, uh, love of country in spite of all its faults and warts and those things yeah. don't exist. So, so to, to respond to your comment, 
I don't think the purpose of the pledge has that, you know, America first or nationalistic bent. Um, and I think that it's, again, it's a personal thing, right? It, it's for those that have, it's okay to have a healthy respect and love of country. Um, that's, that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, and I, I think that the, the ideals of America hope that you do. Right. Um, but you know, once it starts to get into, you know, well, you know, my country is the best, no matter what they do, um, you know, and you're dragging people out of their homes and stuff like that, then it starts to take on a little bit of a different flavor. So I don't, I don't equate the two and I don't, I don't see where one, the purpose of it is to, is to be interchangeable anymore. You know what I mean? Especially within the halls of a Masonic lot. So, so to your point, I, I kind of agree with you and um, yeah, I'm done. Woo-hoo. Woo. Good save. All right. Over to you, Robert. <laughs> Survive that one. <laughs> it, uh, I'm like Joe. I think uh, I, I wanted to serve. Um, when I was 18, I, I really wanted to get involved in the U S military and serve my country. My, uh, my dad and grand, like we have, we had a lineage, you know, everybody joined the Navy and that's, that's where they went. Uh, you know, um, and I was unable to do that because I had asthma. And at the time they had so many recruits because nine 11 had happened, um, that they were able to just turn us away. You know, the littlest thing, and I'm like, hey, I was allergic to cats. And they said, sorry, no exceptions right now. You know, try again later. And so I've always had this idea that service to country in a way that was uh, very close-knit with civic and civic duty. Uh, so like... When I read things like, you know, I don't care about anybody out there wants to criticize my politics or whatever, but like when I read things about like the Second Amendment, uh, you know, and we talk about things like uh, a well-regulated militia, right? Like those kinds of ideals that, that, that were put forth by founding fathers have embedded within them a civic duty to ensure the prosperity and sovereignty of the United States as uh, the homeland, you know? And as this progresses down the road of nationalism, and and honestly, it's not even nationalist anymore. I mean, we're full blown into what, uh, you know, Rod Serling used to put on the TV every week is jingoism. You know, we've got uh, basically people that are aggressively preparing for war, uh, you know, or, or just aggressively moving towards things that, uh, uh, aggressive foreign policies and, and just, just being overtly loud and too patriotic to the extent that it makes people, uh, rather uncomfortable. And we start to see that creep into the fraternity a little bit. I think in a, in, in a broad spectrum across the United States, I would, I would venture to say fraternalism, regardless of the fraternity, uh, always has kind of a slight bent uh, toward the uh, Republican slash right conservative side of things. And in that, there, in my opinion, my opinion only, uh, is that 
uh, I find sometimes that the 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 sway into nationalism due to a again my opinion i am not trying to uh insult anybody uh but an uneducated opinion about nationalism and what patriotism is leads into some dangerous areas and so uh and certainly the same is true for for left leaning politics as well uh it just Anytime you've got this overwhelming majority of uh, tribalism that happens and uh, moving into kind of this uh, moral superiority complex that we tend to have sometimes, not all the time, uh, we run this danger. Um, and I think like things like the pledge, I really don't think the pledge should have anything to do with ritual. It shouldn't be codified at all. Uh, in fact, if... Uh, I feel like the grand a grand lodge should probably just not address it. It should just be a a, a thing that's not mentioned at all. And if your lodge does it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't think that. Uh, as John, as you as yeah. you mentioned, you know, we ha we share some similar uh, political ideologies. I think, and and one of those is kind of this idea of sovereignty um, and open and inclusiveness mm -hmm. to let people be people. Mm -hmm. uh, make their own decisions and choices. Right. And uh, within that, you know, I think, I think sometimes masonry kind of scoops up and, and we, we kind of get right. a little nationalistic at times, mm -hmm. but um, why? Right. Like but why? the big membership booms mm -hmm. and everything. I mean, you might want to go into that, but I mean, yeah. this, this whole thing with, the massive influx of, of members who came from the armed services who fought for our country and were patriots and civic and, do, and did their civic duty. You know, these guys came in and, and I'm sure if we trace the lineage of when this started to say, happen, that would be great to track by grand lodge when they started introducing, uh, any sort of pledge protocol. That would be, that would be really cool to, to trace that and then see where it goes across the different, jurisdictions was it all part of the Baltimore convention i don't know you have to go do the research and find out hmm. well well it couldn't have been i mean just uh you know without without dipping my toe in your next two weeks of research i mean the pledge ha. of allegiance didn't come right. about until the 1890s correct right and it didn't even mention the flag or our country until the 1920s right and then it wasn't until about 30 40 years later when they added under god correct to it at all yep. so um, this so guy pledges. Bellamy, Bellamy basically did it as a marketing ploy to make cash, if we want to get honest about it. And, and let's not talk about how the original salute was either. So, uh, yes. yeah, we don't want to do yes. that. No, don't. No, we're not going to do that. You, you can you can <laughs> Google that one for yourself. But but Jason brought up a good point that I want to come back to here. And it this is something. Like this. Look at that! You're giving away all the oh secrets, Jason. So. Jason brought up a good point for once, and I want to come back to it, which is <laughs> the fact that he said that in Lodge, we're, we're supposed to be brothers, we're supposed to mm -hmm. unite, and the, the way we do this traditionally has been to prohibit the talk of religion and politics. And right. he added a third one in there, and I've seen it codified, written down once, and I've never been able to find it again. Please, someone email the show and let me know where this is, because I did see one expose or something that said that included you're prohibited to talk about religion politics and borders as the third thing 
And I want to see where that 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 came to because it's it still doesn't really resonate today. It's not written down in Virginia at least. But this is important because you know when you start having any sorts of sort of pride to your state, your county, your homeland, you start to now favor that over the others, and that is another way to divide, literally divide on on a map, our allegiances, um, and that 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 is just another thing that separates. Um, brothers and so he, so i actually have a map here here's a a map of let's see favorite sports team by county or this is a, at least a nfl sports team and so you can see the spread of the united states here and and so i'm, I'm even going to extrapolate this and say that even talking about your favorite sports team by default is talking about borders which is by default a divisive um vice Right. So we shouldn't even be talking about, you know, how the Ravens are 10 times better than the Steelers, because that is dividing brothers. That's not promoting peace and harmony. That's not pr promoting unity. A and by extension, it, it is talk about borders. So it's just fascinating to think about adding or at least um, institutionalizing borders as that third taboo topic. That we, we don't talk about in Lodge because once you start putting a border around yourself that means that some people are going to be inside the border and some people are going to be outside the border and you know if you are a freemason you know we talk not only about um the universality of freemasonry across the globe but even outside the globe that's why there's a flag on the moon right so what do you think about you sort of talk deal. about this freemasonry and borders thing but mm -hmm. where i have seen that actually come back in right is if we say um, and it's when it's kind of like when our, our parents say, well, I don't care what Tommy's parents do. You know, you could be like, well, you know, here, here, here's John going up to this grandmaster. RJ says in Illinois, they can email the minutes, you know, and the grandmaster, whoever that is, I don't care what they do over <laughs> in Illinois or down here. That's we read the minutes before and after, <laughs> you know, so there's kind of like this, um, interjurisdictional play too that comes also back to sovereignty and sovereignty. respecting you know mm -hmm. the, the sovereign uh, uh, jurisdiction of each grand lodge um, and and generally speaking like anytime we've had mm, any kind of conversation about what one grand lodge is doing versus another you've seen it online everybody's like you shouldn't be you know casting stones into another <laughs> jurisdiction or or what have you but we see that in um you know in lodge also so. So I guess that brings up the good question is given that at least here in the States, uh, a lot of jurisdictional lines are drawn by each grand lodge because they happen to fall within the state's boundaries. Right. So then are they, are they permitted to kind of be, I wouldn't say nationalistic. What's the, the statism? <laughs> like, is it being able to promote one state because it's, it falls on alignment with the grand jurisdiction? Well, I, I think I think to answer that easily, a lot of states do do that. I've been to I've been to lodges in states where the the state pride is almost equal to or greater than the the sense of of national patriotism. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, do you sing Maryland you know, by so Maryland I'm, when you're in a Maryland lodge? Right? Is that encouraged? I mean, no, it's not. Well, everything's bigger in that one. Yes, in that one yes. state. Yeah. 
So Nicholas, like, uh, what happens if you divide Alaska in half? You get Texas as the Canada? third largest state in the oh, country. <laughs> you get Canada back. I, I like gonna... that even better. <laughs> Thought we yeah. got Alaska from <clears throat> Russia. Yeah, I know you did. Details. details. Remember that. Uh, so, brother Nicholas, uh, how would you feel if you know the uh, the tradition, the custom of of uh, singing "O Canada" and and all of that were kind of uh, pushed away, or at least you know, kind of downplayed officially going forward? It's tough, right? It's a it's a tough. Yeah, I would say it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. I'd say that. Uh, you know, as a as a proud Canadian, yeah, we want to sing "O Canada" at the at the opening. You know, the only time that I see us um, parading in the 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 flag is in the Order of the Eastern Star, which has its roots differently um, bonded in uh, in the 30s. So we see that here, and so in Canada, you, that's the only time you actually see the, the flag being paraded is is within OES. Um, we then sing O Canada there, and, and similar, we would sing um, National Anthem there. But yeah, I'd, I'd say it's an important uh, component of our, of our, you know, our opening ritual where we sing O Canada and the, the brethren there. I mean, when you think about it, we always look, uh, at least as a Canadian, I, I look at the difference, right? We always say that, um, Canada is a culture mosaic in the United States. We learned in high school, at least when I was there, it's a long time ago now, so I'm old, is a, is a melting pot. So as a mosaic, I think we want to be proud that we're, we're Canadian. So it doesn't matter where you come from. We want to, you know, help and understand who we are. Right. You got applause from Joe. So no, right? I wouldn't want it to disappear. He did. Right? He did. That was one of the few times he'll get applause from me, but yeah, I love you, brother Nicholas. Um, no, he, he hit it on the head and that's kind of where I was going to, uh, finish up today was for me, um, you know, everybody here on this call knows that, you know, I'm not overtly nationalistic. Um, you know, I, I absolutely am patriotic, but I, I think for me, when, when I think of the pledge of allegiance in the context of masonry, text of American masonry, I think brother Nicholas kind of on the head there, right? Like I always grew up knowing that, America was a melting pot, right? And you had people, you know, my, you know, my grandparents from, you know, came to Island, um, and the other side of my name, but by other means, um, which I will not, um, but, uh, you know, they came to the country and, you know, we became a true melting pot, right? Like we interject their original countries, uh, ideas and beliefs and foods and everything and culture into ours and and we truly become a melting pot and that's how i grew up so when i think of the pledge of allegiance in that context i think of a leveling out right so you know whether my background is you know my grandparents came from spain or they came from chile or what have you or wherever they came from you know whatever your ancestry dna test says um when you come to this country there there is a level set where um we love those ideas and people and we love those things being brought into our nation. But at the end of the day, we should all be American, right? Because we have the choice as an American to 
bring in those new ideas and those new cultures and live in that melting pot and not be, you know, just one thing and one thing only. So I think it's a commonality that we all have, you know, whether you are or not. Um, but, you know, to Brother Nicholas's point, never would I, I make him in my lodge, you know, say the Pledge of Allegiance, um, knowing that he's not an American. So I think those are two separate conversations. But for me, that's how it always, that's how it always resonates with me is, you know, like I have this really diverse background and my family has a super diverse background. But at the end of the day, we're American as well. So we should, we should honor that. And, you know, it goes back to the very beginning where I said, you know, we're founded on Masonic principles. You know, this nation owes Masonic principles um, to its formation. So I dig it. All right. I also want to just throw something out there. You know, as, I, as I've traveled around, it is truly such a gift to travel around the United States to sit in different lodges that are composed of different types of people and different socioeconomic strata and all of these crazy things for all the perspectives that we gain. And I have to say that if you don't travel, like that's the thing, you know, you're supposed to travel as a, as a Mason. And one of the things that I, not that I find personally frustrating, but that I find somewhat disappointing, um, only because I'm, I'm sad at the experiences that the brothers will never have, uh, for when somebody doesn't visit another lodge outside of, let's say the state or even their jurisdiction or, you know, their, uh, um, district or area or whatever, uh, because then you start getting this real kind of insulated view of Freemasonry and it starts to breed and add on to ours is best. This is what we know. Um, and when I visited, let's say a DC lodge, when I went to Benjamin B French, or if I, you know, even going out to Virginia, knowing that, uh, you know, this is by the nation's capital, I'm telling everybody out there, you will not have probably a more <clears throat> eclectic mix of individuals um, outside of, uh, you know, maybe the California and probably the, the Virginia, D.C. area. Uh, so much culture and difference and richness. Um, it's no wonder that some of the practices over there in Virginia, like if you're a citizen of the United States has made it into the verbiage. Uh, that ability to travel kind of opens your, opens your mind more to uh, the differences between patriotism. Hey, I love being here in America. It's amazing. Uh, and nationalism, you know, uh, we're the best. Uh, we're moving into our own, you know, religiosity and also uh, everything is for us first and every other country can fend for themselves or, you know, have our table scraps, you know, that kind of ideology, which honestly is, you know, not even compatible with Masonic ideology. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you travel, that opens things up. And I think it kind of dissipates some of that uh, nationalist flair you might experience, you know, in your hometown lodge. I mean, I, I, that's what I experienced anyway. So we're at that time for the final question of the night. And the final question is if you were grandmaster for the day or year or decade, whatever it may be regarding any forms of allegiance to the nation of which you are in, would you keep it the same change it get rid of it or something else so no wrong answers here 
just just your own personal opinion. And we'll start with our brother to the north, Brother Nicholas. I'm going to answer it differently. So, so I'm going to ask a different question as you, as you get to the end, and I'll, I'll do it quickly. So when, when we go to our, our social hour, we start off with a toast to the queen and the craft. We then go to the toast to Grand Lodge, and then obviously we, we, we go through the rest of the toasts. So your question to me is, you know, would I change anything? And I think the answer is no. Um, again, if you're a, uh, an American visiting us, we will uh, give a toast to the office of the president. So we don't do one specifically, and I don't know how you would do it for us. So I, I think it's important uh, as a as a Canadian and as a person who holds a, a dual passport. I'm also a British citizen as well. Uh, I think it's important that we understand where we come from and, and where we go to. So I would say, yes, let's let's keep it and let's understand where they have a place in the lodge. Let's not mix lodge. So it, it, it dilutes that sacred place as, as a grandmaster. And I would say, let's make sure we have the right, um, the right ability for us to thrive both in lodge and in our festive boards. So I kind of like what we do here um, in Ontario. I think it's it's well balanced. Hopefully, I answered your question there, John. Keep it the same. That's that's what I heard. Don't change a thing. Well, keep it the same for reasons because it's. I think for it's reasons. well balanced, right? Yeah. We don't care the about reasons, your reasons. Though, it, There's no reason that's acceptable. It's tradition. Right it's tradition. It's tradition. Oh, Canada. <laughs> but but to I'm not your sorry point, for it. Not sorry at all. Yeah. The, sorry. I think, I think the. Uh, sorry. What I what I like about what you said was that you you want to keep it because of the implied, if not explicit, respect to other nations when you're there, right? So yes. be because you do that then there's really no, no problem of disharmony, uh, but it's right. not, it's not uh, explicitly written down anywhere. So it's, it's good because you, you are aware of it, but uh, if not, then that's a different issue altogether. So thank you for, so, for sharing that. Yeah. And I would say that if you go down when I was in Australia, visiting lodge, the Canadian methodology and the Australian methodology are very much the same. That would because you both have a queen. That's why. That is true. Because you have a queen. Yeah. All right. Somewhat. Okay, moving right along. I'm talking about. All right. You guys. Uh, Brother Joe, what say you? Would you keep it the same? Well. Get rid of it, change it, or something else? So, you know, being blessed to be a member of so many different jurisdictions, I, I, I like the way the DC does it, right? So do I, I think the Pledge of Allegiance needs to be codified in our ritual? Absolutely not. Um, because like we said at the beginning of the show, Masonry is universal, right? And, 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 you know, we claim the vast dimensions of Freemasonry to be from, you know, all the way to the, from the center of the earth, all the way to heaven and everywhere in between. And, um, you know, you can't put a, a national flag and, and stick a bow in it and, you know, call that Masonry. But, um, in the end, I would say, you know, if I was grandmaster for a day, There'd be so many other things for me to worry about. Um, but yeah, I would not codify a Pledge of Allegiance as ritual. Um, would I still do it in Lodge? Absolutely. And I think there's many different ways to skin that cat. It doesn't need to be part of 
you know, the opening or the closing where we have, you know, as brother Nicholas was talking about where we're opening our sacred space and then we're closing down our sacred space where we're supposed to be, you know, all of one mind. So, you know, should we do it at some point? Absolutely. Um, I, I enjoy it. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I think I would take the best parts and most equitable parts of that from all the different places I travel to, um, and make it less codified, I guess. Excellent. All right. Thank you, brother Joe over to Jason. Let's say you keep it, get rid of it, change it or something else. I will take the John Ruark approach. Don't steal my answer, man. Don't steal it. <laughs> I would make it non-compulsory. Ooh, diplomatic. I think, I think the lodge, you know, the, the lodge isn't the building. The lodge is the members who are chartered to work. And those different lodges should be empowered to observe the niceties and ceremonies that best meet the needs of the members chartered to work. And so if you have an international lodge that has, you know, 95% of its membership as expats um, who are not citizens, then perhaps, you know, perhaps there is a more appropriate way to show your gratitude to the host nation. Um, so I think, I think by uh, relegating the decision authority down to the local lodge level, I think is, is appropriate in, in this case. I'm not being super neutral. I'm being super libertarian. Uh, good approach. Was that approach. your answer, John? Well, moving on to Robert, let's say you. Would you do the, uh, the for, the against, or change it, or somewhere in between? I think I would just remove all of the references to it from all of the standard work. Um, and I would then uh, create uh, an edict once, and that would say addressing why the pledge has been removed. Uh, it has not been removed for any particular reason other than to be uh, more, uh, I guess, objective uh, and more, I don't know, I don't even put it like, to be, it's just more appropriate uh, to move the pledge and to say, you know, lodges are free to do the pledge before uh, the opening of lodge. Uh, and if this is so, you must use the approved language, which is, uh, you know, members uh, who are citizens of the United States, please join me. Please be upstanding and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. 
to the flag of the United States, not our country, right? But the flag of the United States. And that allows us to continue to be patriotic uh, to, and it even actually opens the books up for more lodges to do more uh, things if they wanted to, for instance, if they wanted to integrate something along the lines of, uh, you know, presenting the colors, if that had not been something they did before. Now it opens it up for additional uh, ceremonials that are outside of the bounds of the of the ritual, which means the Grand Lodge has no jurisdiction on what you do. Uh, so, th- I think that's um, I think that's what I would do. Um, I, I wouldn't outlaw it. I would just say, you know, take it outside of the uh, lift and shift. Just just bring it outside the gap if you want to do it. Excellent. There you go. I think uh, I would agree with you on most of that. So, yeah, the the answer, Jason, you're looking for is a combination of yours and Robert's where, um, you know, we I would explicitly remove it as part of like the formal way of doing it uh, per the Grand Lodge. However, to say if you're going to do it, you know, here are some best practices, right, to to make sure that uh, harmony is preserved. But you know, one thing that we didn't touch on this episode is that, you know, we as Freemasons are encouraged, at least here in the States, to be good and peaceful citizens. So regardless of where you stand on the pledge or not standing for the pledge, we didn't even talk about kneeling for the pledge as was was uh, a lot of controversy a couple of years ago. I'm not going to touch that right now. But to understand that we as Freemasons are taught to be good and peaceful citizens of the, the nation state that we are in. And so... Um, you know, RJ, RJ nailed it, but it should be, we should separate what is ritual from what is lodge culture. If a lodge wants to sing, um, you know, the Maryland, my Maryland for, for being in that state, that's great. You know, cause that's, that's something that is unique to that lodge. Let them have that choice to do that. Uh, but you see this already, you see this already in other affinity lodges that have lodges with their own characteristics, their own flavor, their own customs, traditions, and so so on and so forth. And guess what? We do that already, right? If you've had a tradition where, you know, um, the way you present a 50 year pin to someone or the way that, um, you, you give a past master award and it's the same way. And it's always this, this running joke, this running tradition of the lodge, these traditions make that lodge culture. It makes the lodge unique. And that's not ritual. That's not written down and prescribed by any grand jurisdiction. And so, you know, that should be treated in the full effort to keep harmony amongst all the brethren traveling. And so, yes, let's keep religion out. Let's keep politics out. And I would say let's keep borders out as well. So that's my, that's my two cents. I want to thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow.